Real Life Street Stars. I'm in here. Let's Do it again. <laughs> Do it one more, one more time. <laughs> one more time for y'all. Real life street stars. Oh, love. Finally, finally, yeah. finally. Yeah. We got to touch on this again. You know, man, we've been posting since, since the inception of Real Life Street Stars, man. There's been, you got some fans. There's been more than one that's been, hey, get Bubba Luciano on here. Bubba Luciano. Hey, you need to get Bubba Luciano on here. And I'm like, hey, if you got a lot on him. <laughs> Yeah, stand up, fans. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Man, we finally got you in here, man. We got a legend in the building. You know, like, like I said, when we first started, we made this company. We wanted to get all the legend stories, you know what I'm saying? And you're yeah. here with us, man. So, man, we, we definitely got to go through there with you, man. So, okay. tell us, man. Tell us how Bobo Luciano started, man. <clears throat> Shit, I started, you know, we was Oak Cliff, Texas, baby. Singing Hills. KC. Singing Hills, you know. we. Uh, I'm the youngest child. Of all sisters, you know, uh, two family, what a two parent household, mom and dad, which was which was strange in my neighborhood because, you know, most people in Singing Hills at that time, you know, you know, either you was raised by your mom or your grandma, you know, it was it, it was two or three people on our street that had the you know dad in the house, and I was blessed to have yeah. my dad in the house, you know. So. Was was folks was other kids around jealousy? We really didn't think about stuff like that. Damn, all right. You know, we kids. Yeah. We kids, you know. You know, when, when you're growing up in the 70s, we 70s babies, man. You know, shit, you know, corner store, video games. You know, keeping it, keep, keep, keep it simple. It was before crack. Oh, before yeah. crack, before you knew about prostitution. You know, we was out here just being kids. You know, okay. we weren't trying to be no G's. <laughs> and, man, I, I'm just curious. I didn't want to get off that subject right there, man. To see the crack era hit. Yes. In Oak Cliff. Yeah. Um, it was overnight. Yeah. How, yeah. Tell me, how was that when you was like just, at what age were you when you kind of seen it? So I kind of get a perspective, but what was it like? It was, it was overnight. It was, uh, I would say, you started hearing about it, you know, in 1982, 83. So that made me probably oh, freshman, sophomore, you know, and, you know, so my dad used to own this uh, pest control business. It was probably the, the largest black-owned pest control business in Dallas. So, but but his his target customers were, you know, Oak Hill, South Dallas, Pleasant Grove, you know, the hoods. Yeah. And so and I used to ride with him and see just because I remember, you know, because I, I came up in South Dallas. You mm. know, we came up off of Lawrence Street, you know, you know, back and forth from South Dallas and, and Oak Cliff. And um, yeah, man, I, I saw it. It was South Dallas was a beautiful neighborhood. Still oh, is wow. beautiful, but right. I saw the destruction hit. And like, like I said, it was overnight. It was Damn. overnight. So if you could paint the picture as far as like <clears throat> the music landscape. Yes. What was, what, who were you listening to? Who was hot at the time? What was the Dallas scene? It wasn't like? no Dallas scene. Mm. I remember when the Dallas scene started. Mm. So you have to realize the first time that I believe we ever heard anybody put anything on wax had to come from the U-Shade. Uh, the soul stutter, uh, soul stutter strutters. You know, they were, I believe, from South Oak Cliff, and they did the uh, work that neck song, and it was kind of R and B ish, kind of a funk type of song. Work that neck. They was they was on it back then, like that. You, <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I like the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give me some of that neck. Huh? Yeah, that's what that way. Give me some of that neck. Yeah. 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 Let me see your neck. 
You got to get the wild card. He the wild card. Wow, he the wild. <laughs> I like this man. Yeah, man. He, he gonna take wild. it. Out. He gonna take it all the way there. <laughs> Shit, he don't know. I take it there with him. <laughs> Shit, yeah. he talking to the right one. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So they, so um, they was the only one making noise, and we're talking like what? Just locally music? Or was it radio or just I'm tell you locally through the? I'm gonna tell you what happened in Dallas. What happened was, you know, we had two radio stations. We had 107.5. That was really funk and R&B. We had K104. That was funk and R&B. And then what was introduced, Dr. Rock came on the scene. When Dr. Rock came on the scene, we, we, we were able to see people with turntables and DJing and that type of thing. Um, back when um, uh, 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 breaking and all that crush groove and all yeah, that came breaking, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we that was our first look at anything like that. And so once we saw it, and then we saw this guy come down here from California. And so so then we have to do it ourselves. We have to show Dallas, we have to show the world that we can do it ourselves. So back then you had really two different kind of cliques. You had the Dr. Rock fans, and then I don't know if y'all know my my click is the uh, All Hearted Death Party with DJ Snake. Uh, uh, yeah, DJ Snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can tell you that story. So Snake, Snake is like my older brother. You know, he's like my god brother. My sister was dating a guy. His name was Andre Fisher. He was in a DJ group, General Jam, right? Yeah. General Jam. She invited me. See, I was like in the tenth grade. My sister was two years older than me. So she said, "Hey, we went to this party. It was over off of Keast." So it's okay. Keith's at the bank building right there on 35 and Keith's still there right still. there by the pawn shop. So we go to this uh uh go to this house to meet this guy, and I'm sitting in the back seat with this guy. I'm I'm bringing this full story because you're gonna Take know who I'm talking about. I'm sitting in the back seat with this guy, he's real quiet, short. It's okay. We get to the party, you know. I'm in there, I'm a kid. Yeah. You know, so I'm in 10th grade, there's seniors in this party, and you know, freshmen's in in college. You know, so they say, da, 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 like, like it's a big production. And the guy I'm sitting in the back seat with, he runs through the crowd. He's got on some, some, some tights, two-legged like Flojo. Yeah. Right? He's got a cape on and a wig. That guy was Big Al from the All Hearted oh, Dale Party Show. So General so Jam, yeah, so I met him and we befriended each other. So he knew I was always I was always just come watch him DJ, and I thought he was incredible. Then when they started pizzazz over there off of um, Polk and Camp Wisdom, that's when it really took off. When they started the All Hearted Dale Party, I believe that would have to be around 83, 84. Yeah. Shit, bro. See, you know, Dallas is different now. You talk about the scene and the, the, the landscape. You know, we had high school, uh, we had teenage clubs yeah. back then yeah. where you could showcase you dance, you know, hip hop, you know, dancing, break yeah. dancing, and pop blocking. Y'all don't know nothing about the box, the, the box head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah Gerald. Yeah, yeah. That's my boy, Gerald the box head. And um, yeah, them boys was dope, man. Well, actually, the box heads is who dance for the soul study struggles. Right. And so that's how they came on the scene. And so, like I said, so we in the clique with our Hearted Dale Party. Right. And what Big Al was doing, they had, this is the first time you start hearing about record pools. They were going to New York. And they was going to California, bringing records down to Dallas that you had never heard before. So, mind you, Can O N had all these 
hip-hop shows on them. So we're hearing rap. But then when Snake and them got hold to those records, right. the the um, KRS-1s, the uh, uh, um, Run DMCs, stuff that we had just never heard. The first time you ever heard NWA was on the All Hearted Dale Party Show and the Easy e and all that. So we was like, ah, damn. So their popularity grew pretty big. And so you already got Dr. Rock up here with the Feel of Fresh crew. So fast forward, I go to college. I'm in college. I go to North Texas. It's called uh, NTSU, North Texas State University back then. Mean Green. Down there in Denton, Texas, Kerr Hall, room 747. <laughs> room 747. <laughs> International level, you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I had this uh, room by myself. I don't know what happened. I had this room by myself. So when I was young, I had a, a buddy named Johnny Rogers that we had befriended each other in elementary school. Well, you know how kids are, you know, you move away. He was, he was my best friend at that time. And I hadn't seen him since we were kids. In college, I'm first day of school, I see my buddy Johnny Rogers. Hadn't seen him. And so I'm noticing this this guy that's standing in the hanging with these guys. They're, they're from the Richardson Berkner uh, Lake Highlands area, Plano and all that. So I'm, I, said, I didn't even know these. It was some black folks in my area, man. I, you know, we we from Oak Cliff. We think you know, uh, North Dallas is full of white folks. Right, I'm right. telling you, it's just the the mentality we got. So anyway. I get out here, he's, you know, I'm seeing this guy, he's always freestyling, guy got on braces, he's freestyling and doing, I said, who's this little rapping dude? You know, a little, uh, y'all remember those hats? Yeah. That, that, that used to be uh, tight to head, those uh, 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 bicycle riding hats that flipped up in the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would wear those with braces. I said, who's this dude, man? And so I had my, my room by myself, I had pushed both the twin beds together, tied them and made a king size bed. So the dude said, man, I, it had to probably be October. Half the, half the first semester was over. He said, man, this guy, uh, his um, housing fell through. Do you think you can let him move in with you? I said, I, like, I love music. You know, he, he seemed like he's a cool dude. He came in and moved with me. Well, that guy, well, let me, let me slow down. We started talking and come find out he knew Snake. He knew bigger. So it was like a reunion. Like, oh, Bro, okay, this was something fresh. I don't even know if y'all know who something fresh is. No, no. I don't. Y'all don't know who something fresh uh -uh. is. Okay, this is something fresh, fresh out of, they're out of North Dallas, right? They're out for Hamilton Park. Oh, shit. Out for Schroeder. So y'all know I know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you ain't out for Schroeder, you ain't from Hamilton Park, from my, from, from, from my name, from, from, from my knowledge. Right. This, this comes from Oak Cliff Cat, so y'all know I know what I'm talking about. So anyway, uh, yeah, they from Hamilton Park, and they had a group called Something Fresh. So Something Fresh was... And hooked up with the All Honey Death Party Show, and they were gonna do their first song. Guess what that song was? Oak Cliff. Y'all remember that first Oak Cliff? Y'all never. Man, no, oh, man. Bro. That's Man, rap There's before, a place so in Dallas known as Oak Cliff, yeah. where you can tell the Ralph from the Riff, getting full of them bulls looking for the P. If you ain't got a G, you got a Z. What is it? If you ain't got a Z, you got a GT. What? Y'all ain't heard that? And Yellow Hammer? And Yellow Hammer by K. Cole? No, man. We, I can't oh, say that we have. We, we oh, snake. my God. Yeah, know it. See, that's why I say, see, but see, let me tell y'all yeah. something. I'm going to stop. Time yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time out. Time out. This is the reason that Dallas hip hop is not where it's supposed to be. Facts. Because when you don't know where you came from, how you know where you're where going. You going. Right. So 
that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come. Thanks, because thanks. I know y'all have a big following with the younger generation. I see y'all. Yep. I follow y'all. I like y'all. Oh yeah. And matter of fact, I want to I want to clap for what y'all have done for the city, and, and what what we talked about on the elevator, the uh, the bloggers, the yep. podcast coming together, the um, say cheeses and the. Uh, 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 Boss Talk 101s, you know, I hate, I, I don't know if I can mention them, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah mention know, everybody. Yeah, that's what we're gonna have to do to make this city pop. Yes, you know, what I'm saying I talked to ECEO, what's up, E? That's my partner, and hopefully, we can become you know, family, you know, because that's that's what I'm about. See, when I first started my radio show on KNON, I, I went in with the intent of playing my own music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When you say you started this, you were like actively rapping, or you were just this before rap? This was. The only song I had had out at that time was was uh, already. I had the already song out that was in full rotation on both stations, and it was traveling through the uh, through the region. And so uh, Big Al and I started the radio show with my wife. So it was us three on the radio show, Jazzy K, and we did that for about three years. And well, I did it for two hours. Big Al only lasted about six months. Yeah, <laughs> he lasted about six months, and then we 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 we, we revamped it. And we call it the all hard, excuse me, I'm tripping. We call it the Dirty Style Block Party with Bobo and them. And that's how it started. But anyway, what I did was, I, you know, I get this job thinking I'm going to play my own music. Because that's what Snake Nim had done. Yeah. They had played uh, all, all, every song that they came out with, they were able to play it and promote it on their own show. Well, when I get there, my first day, he called me in the office, Day Chaos, the boss of the station. He said, oh, I forgot to tell you, last thing. You can't play any of your own music. <laughs> Last so, thing. So right then, on, right then and there, I said, well, I got to do it for the community. Right then, I knew if I can't help myself, I got to go in and help everybody else. So I was filtering. I was the street A&R for K104. Yeah. So they were bringing it to me, and if it got popular on, matter of fact, Skip Cheatham was sending them to me. If you don't pop on Bobo's show, I can't play it. So... I- there's always like somebody in the generation where you feel like they should have made it, but there's just for whatever reason they didn't. Give me like one or two names. Cottonmouth. But Cottonmouth, I feel like he made it. It's in a certain. I mean, bro, I'm saying we we stop all. It. I know what stop you mean. It. Yeah, yeah. Stop it, bro. Stop it. And, and I want I want to come back to Cottonmouth, but real quick, um, when you mentioned that the history isn't there, um, where are these artists now to where they come? tap in with the younger generations or give, you know, talk on a radio station or just, you know, how come we don't hold them to, like, are they? It's, it's a little give and take from both. I really believe it is. Because, you know, you had that faction of um, the old heads like myself, not me, but people from my era or my generation that didn't like any of the new stuff. Mm, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, you have to think about it. Think about when we were kids. And rap first started. And our parents was like, cut that yeah. shit off. Yeah. We don't want to hear none of that boom, boom, boom. That's what they used to call that boom, boom, boom. What is yeah. that? That's not real music. It'll never last is what they said. Mm. That was in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So here we are, the number one genre of music probably in the world right now. Yeah. If it ain't the number one genre, it's got to be the most influential genre in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I just want Dallas to pop. But I, but I do want to go back to, you say you don't feel like uh, Cottonmouth is sending to where he, what? Take, I, when, when I say made it, 
when you say made it, when I think made it, I think about to where I can go downstairs and ask that lady at the front desk, you ever heard of Cotton Mouth? And she'll start singing some of his songs. You know what I mean? Uh, I can go to the corner store. I can be out of town and ask the white person, have you ever heard of Cotton Mouth? And they'll be like, yeah, he's seen this song. Right. You know, you know, we no one out of Dallas is. I think you don't feel like they. You don't feel like he's getting. He, he doesn't get the just do is what you saying. You don't. No, nah, like he it. should no. And 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 it wasn't no fault of his. Right, right. No fault of his whatsoever, because he was a hustling motherfucker. Yeah. You yeah. know, he was, and he used to get frustrated, and and his frustration was real justified at that time, you know, and, and, I, and I watched it. And that's what, another reason why I started what I did on KNON, why, why I went into it with that mentality, because I knew they, they didn't have no outlet. And it was right, right when the South had first started bubbling. Uh, Cash Money hadn't even really signed their contract yet. Right. Uh, no Limit was here on their way down, and Cash Money was just, BG was, and they was on their way up. And right. so, yeah, we, we helped the South out a lot. You know, we didn't play nothing but music from the South. And you was from New York, California. You couldn't get no play on our radio station. So, so that's one, one of the things I was wondering about, right? So I feel like growing up, I heard a lot of Dallas music on yeah. the radio station. I thought Greg Street, yeah. Skip Cheatham was in charge of that. What, well, take see, us wait, that. wait, wait a minute. See? See, see, see that's why I wanted stop. knowledge on that. That's why. Okay, now stop. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. See, you, you have to be careful when you, when you use adjectives. And that adjective you said was a lot. You didn't hear a lot. You might have heard Pimpster. Right. Pimpster was the only one that I can say that had free will to just get pretty much anything he put out played. Why was that? I don't know. I don't know. Who was behind that, though? I don't know who was behind Pimpster. I mean, as far as like on the radio stage, like who was pushing? Oh, uh, 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 Skip Cheatham. Skip Cheatham, okay. Skip Cheatham. Yeah, he was, he was the program director at that time. And anything he walked in, I don't know if he was, I really don't know what it was behind that and what, what the cause was, but he was getting played. Um, they never played hardly any nemesis. They never played hardly any run C. What, what, am I tripping one Cottonmouth on the radio though? No. What song? Name the song. Yeah, you got a point. I'm just, I'm, I just feel like, maybe I, I Bro, I'm going to be honest with you because I'm not known Braggatory type dude, yeah. I can tell you the story of what exactly what happened with the doubt with, with, with how music started just really popping on the radio for Dallas artists. When I first came back from on the road with UGK, it was in 1990 at the end of 95. But before we even get there, how did you link up with them? UGK is huge. Yeah, but we see it, and that's another thing. When when you say legends, when y'all when people say legend and legendary. Back then, we were just people just, I mean, we were people. You know, we were just doing something that we liked to do. We, excuse me, that we loved to do. And we had a larger microphone than some people. Or we had more hustle than some people. And at that time, it wasn't that many rappers out. Now everybody rap. You know, so we didn't know it was going to be legendary. Let's just say that. We were just living our lives just like everybody else, going to the studio, doing our shit. And um, yeah, it's the story how I hooked up with them. I hooked up with them on the road with, I was on the road with two, uh, uh, I was, uh, run, you know who Ron C is, right? Oh, yeah. Trent Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, that's my brother. Ron C, uh, I was his hype man. I was his hype man, and we was on the shorty, the pimp tour. And we had done, 
I think we had like six, seven dates. And one of the last dates we were in Lafayette at the Cajun Dome. And like everybody was in our dressing room because the uh, concept promoter was not paying. I'm talking about two shorts and uh, spices in there. It's a, it's a huge dressing room. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a room probably about like this, this area we're in. And everybody just happened to come in. And so next thing you know, here comes Bun and Pimp. And Pimp was on one that night. <laughs> Chad was on. He's always on one. He's, as a little boy, you have to realize them kids was, when I met him, I think it was 18, 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he was a kid. You know, they, they weren't kids to us because we were kids. But in hindsight, that's a kid talking crazy like that. Yeah. He came in with two chicks from Dallas. Um, you know, they, they were some dancers. And he, yeah, 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 yeah. man. <laughs> Took him to Lafayette, that's why. Yeah, man, they, uh, that was, that was, that was, that's just, that was just our life. We Did they, um, that was your first time meeting them? I had met them. They had did a concert here in Dallas at, excuse me, in Arlington at the Wedding Wild. Yeah, shout and out to And that was the Wild. liveest concert I ever been at in my life. Damn, I wish I could go back to my Bro, wow. bro. The one in Arlington, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, uh, the wave pool was the, uh, where everybody was oh, in, in, the, in the tube, they were floating. Oh, yeah. oh, and lit. everybody, you know, that, that little part of the wave pool, that was the stage. Yeah. It was Yo-Yo, Spice yeah. One, UGK, it was a few acts. Oh man! It was it was it was it was it was it was a nice show. Yeah, yeah. So it was something different that you had never seen we before. Don't, yeah, we don't and see you, that to this and I don't think you, uh, and, and nothing like that has ever happened again. Yeah. So, so, and we'll, I'm, I'm gonna get back to the UGK story, but I definitely want you to finish your thought on as far as what happened in the scenario, as far as with you know radio the play. radio play. Yeah. Oh, you wanna go to that? Yeah. Like oh, so anyway, when I first came back to Dallas, you know, I felt. I wasn't coming back to stay. I came back because of a break. UGK uh, had, they were doing, they were on pre-production for Riding Dirty. Okay. Right? So I was living in this apartment. First when I moved to Port Arthur, I was living in San Jacinto, at San Jack, with, where, where all the UGK albums, the first two or three UGK albums were recorded out of that house. And uh, yeah, y'all hear Pimp and Bun rapping about San Jack on a lot of those early Two Arthur Swallow Super Tight albums. Well, I lived there for about six months. And then I moved to the Lamplighter, which was on the other side of town. It was an apartment complex. But when I left, he charged me. He said, say, man, um, I'm charging you to go to Dallas, keep this UGK thing going. Dallas is our biggest market at that time. Yeah. Um, keep the UGK thing going. I want you to start something in Dallas. I didn't know what. I said, okay, I figured out, <laughs> you know. And so first thing happened was I had gone to the radio station and there was a guy that had just took the six to 10 slot that would happen to be the six to 10 guy that, that was in Monroe, Louisiana when we were on the road. And I had met him then. His name was Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe said, man, I need some intro for my show. What? Did him a little intro. So did him that first intro, did him a second intro. So every time, Six o'clock came on, you heard my voice for probably about a whole year. You know what I mean? And then I did that. And then by that time, uh, Big Al had gotten in touch with me, right? 
So this is this is now this is mind you, there's nobody when I got back to Dallas, nobody is on the radio. There's no rapper taking it by the by the horns and saying, "Give me some radio play." I forgot who was even the program that yeah, I don't even know. I know who the rappers were, yeah, but I don't know. There was nobody just making just a bunch of noise. Okay, now I'm gonna tell you because when, I'm gonna bring it full circle, and you gonna know what I, what, what happened after this. So then, I um, big Al gets with me. We he talks me into doing the album. I write pretty much everything on the album. Co-produced it with Steve Paul down at Dub One Studio. Um, the last song we did was called Already. And we weren't going to do anything with it, but everybody gravitated toward it. And so everybody's like, where y'all get that saying from? I said, well, man, when I was in Houston, a couple, I heard a couple of people saying Already. They weren't saying Already in Dallas at all. Mm. You brought the Already to the city? You didn't know that? Yeah, oh, you didn't know that? No, this is for us, man. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, yeah. This is this. Yeah. So yeah, it was in full rotation on K104. Yeah. I, I already was in full rotation. Uh, Philly Fail, DJ Philly Fail did the remix. Y'all know who Philly Fail is? Yes, no, no. Oh, my God. Philly Fail's a big time DJ out of, well, he's from Dallas, but then he moved to California. He did the remix. It, 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 it has some serious legs on it. So now, on Greenville Avenue in North Dallas, there was, a, there was a club called The Spot. So now back then, like I said, it was very expensive to be a rapper. You know what I mean? From, from going to the studio, studio time was costing you $85 to $130 an hour. Um, you, there wasn't no little tapes. You had to, you had to use ADATs or back, back then reels. ADAT was the new thing, which was like a VHS tape. You know what I'm saying? So imagine having... And then traveling with that, you know, it was just expensive to do everything. You know, if you had to go to Atlanta to record, you got carry all that stuff, ship that. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just crazy to be a rapper back then. It's so easy now to wake up. I saw a dude wake up in, in the pajamas and, and the microphone right there. He just, he just made a song. You know, you can't, you can't do that. So yeah, we at the spot, and this is what happened. So mind you, we uh. We used to go down down the street here to uh, God. They're gonna be mad at me if I can't think of the name of their uh, company. They may be close, but they used to make all the vinyl for everybody in Dallas. It was a one stop shop. No, no. If they, it was a, um, it was uh, some initials. I can't think of. Oh my God, I, LJ. No, let me think of it for a second. I'm tripping. Well, anyway, they made everybody's vinyl. Everybody right here on Industrial Avenue in Dallas. And so um, I'm at the spot with my clique and we, we getting the people at the, uh, at the club to play uh, already. And guess who else is there for the first time promoting their record? Kevin A and Mr. Pookie. No one had ever heard of them. And they put that crook for life on. Pew. Pew. I'm up to deal you. <laughs> out of there. So right around that time, so that's when you started hearing he had already on the radio. He had Crook for Life on the radio. Then of course he came back with Mr. Luce. Excuse me, let me let me let me back it up. K-Rock was first. K-Rock was first. K-Rock warmed it up for us. Already. Then Crook for Life. Then by that time Mr. Lucci came out. 
Mr. Diabolical. That's my little brother. Oh, yeah. I'm Bobo Lucci. He Mr. Lucci. <laughs> Shout out Lucci. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Lucci. That's my that's my dude, man. Stony Crook. Yeah. What's up, C Pong? Um, yeah, that's boy. That's that's one of them. That question you asked, yeah. that's one of them. Okay. That's okay. one of them. Oh my God. My God. Yeah. Um, so right after that, so we're, we're having money issues. You know what I'm saying? So I, I separate and start doing my own thing. Right? I come with a song called um, Swing Low. Swing Low was on the radio for probably three months. Who's responsible for putting it on the radio? Oh, you you still was on the radio to KO? KO? No, I was I was on KNON at that time, right. but I was I was I was on my my own record label, right. so I was doing my own radio days gotcha. and everything. I would get up on Mondays, go to radio day at K one hundred four one week. Next week I go to ninety seven nine. See when 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 we started the radio show, that two weeks later ninety seven nine started. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Remember that it they was is. playing nothing but they didn't play no commercials, number shit you want to hear. Yeah, ninety seven nine started right right around that same time. So we were cool with all those guys. Matter of fact, I just talked to Bink and DJ Phil and oh yeah, and then um I remember going to uh I remember having the song. I sat on that song for a long time, bro. The biscuit up off me song, and um I, I took it up to Gigi's on a, on, on, a, on a weird night like a. Wednesday night, they were having some kind of showcase there. And I saw my buddy, he was DJing in there. I said, hey, man, will you play this song for me? Uh, uh, Smooth with the VE. Shout out, shout out Smooth with the VE, yeah. man. Shout out to my, the, yeah. the, 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 lion, the lion is loose. The you know lion is loose. DJ Smooth with the VE. DJ Smooth broke that record. And so he played that. I mean, it wasn't nothing, probably about 30, 40 people in the club. Three people walked up to me say, that's a hit. That's fucking incredible. So I said, okay, I got one. I got one. So I took it to radio day, and they said, oh, we can't play it. We, that's, I think um, UGK had just dropped Take It Off or something like that. And, yeah. and you have to realize you hadn't heard nothing from UGK since Riding Dirty, since you know, 95, 96. And so now it's 99, people starving for UGK. And so they, they had just gotten that song, Take It Off, and she and that's that Marie Kelly was the program director. She said, "Well, Bobo, I don't know if I can be able to play that song because I just got added a song by UGK." And so, of course, I had to. I took her, her husband, and the kid. Well, she, I was taking her to dinner to Papa Do's, but when I get to Papa Do's, the whole family there. You know, I'm telling y'all the truth. I ain't never told nobody this story. The whole family there. So I get out there. I paid a bill, and so that was that had to be like on a Monday or Tuesday. So that's back when we was going to Gigi's pretty regular, just trying to promote. You remember they had two nights, Friday nights and Sundays. We go up there on, I go up there on Friday. I hit the door. Somebody said, "Congratulations." I go a little further. Somebody said, "Congratulations." I go up to the DJ booth. Congratulations! I said, "What?" They said, "You in full rotation." So I, I went from already swing low. The bitch get up off of me. So I had three songs in full rotation. I don't know nobody before that that had that. Right, Out right. of Dallas. For as long as bitch get up off of me was in rotation. Ooh, e man. For real. Yeah. So 
I can claim that. And then after me, I would say, well, probably outside of the D-Town Boogie mu- movement that had the most legs on it was the row. Yeah. I would say because he had to walk the walk and then he came with ice cream. Ice cream paint right behind it. Well, I was always saying that if somebody could just drop something and then follow it up or something. It seems like you got to go work in threes. You got to at least have two. At least two. You at least with a, with a, with a, two. With an okay three? You want? Oh. Yeah, yeah. If you got three, yeah. If you can come come back with that third one, oh, they, oh, yeah. they know who you are by that time. So, yeah. so I got to ask, because you said UGK dropped in 95 and came back in 99. Do you think artists are just putting out music too fast and not really no. taking their time? No, no. It was 96. Oh. We don't want to put that word out there. It was 1996. Yeah. Yeah. Riding Dirty came out in 96. Yeah, yeah they, um, no, it was, it was record label problems. They, they would have dropped a lot sooner and more albums back then if it wasn't for, that's what, seeing what I saw UGK Pimp and Bun go through mm-hmm. is the reason why I've had, I had several labels approach me to sign and I was just, I had a phobia about that. So. I want to ask you because at that time, you have Pac dying, 96, Biggie yep. dying, 97, yep. and there was like a void in the South, which yep. UGK was the South, they right the before South. that. If they were, uh, Scarface too, uh, with Ghetto UGK. Boys, but UGK was really the voice of the UGK. South to where if they were able to drop music during that, during that void of, you know, the West Coast, East Coast, you would you wouldn't have to wait till, uh, you know, the Grammy, uh, to, Till you know, Outcast won, and then you know, yeah. the South is here. Yep. They would have, they would have been the. How was that for you, seeing as far as you being from the South, and you know, Chad being you know, family to you, and uh, Bun, not you know, just not seeing the South getting its respect during back then. Yeah, back then, knowing it's oh, supposed to be right here. Well, I think everybody had that same the same feeling. It was it was, it was um, feeling the disrespect, you know. You had to be from New York. You had to be from New York at that time. Um, California had kicked the dough in pretty hard. So like, like, like Pimp say, you know, California did a little bit better. And so the type of music, even though we love New York, I mean, come on, man. E- EPMD, Run DMC, Houdini. Come on, man. We, come on, man. We, I mean, we were fans. And for them to be like how they wore, you know, calling us Bamas, all that type of shit. You know, we were country. Everybody down here riding horses. Even though, you know, those people down here got horses. But if you got a horse, you got some paper. You you don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can talk all that bullshit all you want to about we down here with these horses. But goddamn, cattle, goddammit. (laughs) Motherfucker got horses. You got some motherfucking paper. Fuck what you talking about. Shit. Yes, but that's just the ignorance of just the world. You know, yeah, they, might, they thought that was a diss. So oh, these motherfuckers down there riding horses. Yeah. yeah. We'll take that. We'll take that. Yeah, but you know, niggas weren't riding no fucking horses down here, man. But, but you know, it was just a disrespect thing, man. And I wasn't feeling it. I can tell you a story. Me and my partner was telling this story. He's going to get mad because I'm telling you this, right? It's right when I first. Uh, real life street star. This real life street star story right here. <laughs> first story right here. So uh, one time, it was when I first became UGK's hype man. And um, we had a show at TSU. It was, it was UGK and Brand Nubian. I thought that was a odd a, a, a couple, you know what I'm saying, to be on the same show. But we in, uh, after the show, 
it's this dude there, it's this nigga there that's got this, this. Now, mind you, uh, uh, the Bulls had, Michael Jordan had just, you know, went to play golf. He went to go play golf, and motherfucking Houston had just won back to back. Houston had just beat the uh, the Knicks in there in, uh, in the championship. Yeah, a large one had just beat the, uh, the 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 beast from the East, Patrick Patrick Ewing, right? So um, them niggas was hot over that shit. Them niggas came to, they came down here hot over that shit, talking shit. Uh, I don't know who the dude was that was with Brand Nubian, but anyway, we all up in my room, and he's sitting in that motherfucker hot. And so we want to have a little freestyle session. So we got Lord Jamal sitting across from me. I'm sitting up here rolling weed. You know what I'm talking about? You got Bum B laying on the bed, freestyling, ripping these motherfuckers from New York's ass, and then motherfucker pimp walk in the door and stand in the door, drop one of them hard ass, a bar country ass. You know it's pimp C. You know just you know and just. I'm out this hole. And it, it just made me feel good to be from Texas to see that shit, you know. Because the dude downstairs was hating. He was hating that we was from Texas and we had just whooped their ass in the championship game. So so that was that was a funny story. How was it to watch it hip hop go from like this this beginning stages thing and coming and then turn into some gangster shit? Like it was wild. Oh, how it is now? No, 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 back then. Cause back then? You, because the, you, oh, I watched it. I watched it. Because you, because you, the names you just mentioned, like, all those names sound like some regular cool names. Then you get Pimp C. <laughs> oh, how, oh, oh how, did, how did it get from that to that? Yeah. Like, I don't know, bro. It just, and then, that's what made everybody gravitate toward it because right. it was stuff that we were we were watching black exploitation the mac we was watching superfly we were living it we were seeing it in the streets right. at that time and then all we hearing is a hip a hop a hippie a hip you know that type of stuff right but then you know once the ghetto boys came out you know they they were real edgy right. i thought that was some real street shit right and then like i say a uh, 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 three two rest in peace that's my boy three two he turned me on the UGK before they had pop, before they had even dropped anything. He played three songs for me. He said, these boys about to be some stars. And let me tell you, the, the shit that they was talking about, I was living the life. And I'm assuming it was a lot of people out there living that life that they could just relate to it. And it was just relatable. I don't know how, I, to answer your question, how, you asked me how was it for me? Yeah, yeah. Refreshing. Refreshing. Refreshing because yeah. I I never thought of it being they didn't glorify it. Right. You know what I mean? They were always telling the ups and the downs, the ebbs and flows of being in right. the being in the drug game or being in the street life, you know, that type of thing, you know. Pimp was talking about the ups and downs of being a, a player, you know, yeah. shit, you know, getting caught up. All kind of shit. What do you think we it we went right where we, went left where we should have went right as far as like, cause it seemed like the personification of certain things and certain lifestyles just got so, so crazy that yes. it's like, like, it's like, is it even about the music anymore? Well, no, now it's not. In some cases, you know, back then there used to be, like I said, it was always the good and the bad. They would always tell you, yeah, we're doing this. But then they tell you about, you know, being in jail, uh, 
having to tell your mama you sell drugs. Uh, you know, all kind of man, stuff. The feds in town. Man, the craziest thing about, I can't remember which EGK album this was, but the dude called, his homeboy was calling him from prison. Smoke D. Yeah. Riding dirty. He's like, these niggas down here kissing in the mouth. Yeah, they kissing in the mouth. <laughs> he said, yeah. man, this, he said, this shit out of sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he boy jacking they dick and shit. Right. <laughs> he said, it, was, it was so real, though. It's yeah. like, but that was, that was real. See, we, we remember when Smoke D went to jail. Why he went to jail. And then for that, that tape to come, it was, to us, it was like, all oh, this shit is so fucking live. And then the world thought it was live, too. You That's know, crazy. It, it was real. Now, I got to ask you, though, uh, bitch, get up off me. Yeah. That is like almost, uh, well, at the same time, what, like you said, Triple Six, tear the club ups out. Bitch, get up off me. These are songs that kind of get the club kind of rowdy. That was doing the Kronk era. Yeah. So, I'm just curious as far as with touring with that song. Yeah. Like, how crazy did it get for you to see, like, either a fight break out or just bottles get thrown? Because that's a song that I remember was when you start pushing people around, you start moving the crowd. <laughs> you start getting them out the way. Well, you know, that song had a different effect on people. Tell, I don't know. Tell. It didn't have a biscuit. It didn't have the same effect that you think it did. I, didn't, I ain't going to. It might. You know, I, you know, from what I remember the song. It wasn't one of them push a motherfucker, push it. It wasn't that. Enough. It wasn't that. Yeah, but they will play it right after or tear the club up or push yeah. it. They'll, they'll play it right after that. And it's yeah, like, it yeah. keeps the same energy. Well, you know, as long as they don't stop the show. There you go. As long as they don't stop the show. I didn't want to see nobody get hurt. Okay. And I, and, I, and, and there was some fights. It was, I mean. It was some fights. We saw a few. Yeah. Um, what, what's the crazy story on the road that you could tell that just touring with that song, touring with UGK, that you could tell on camera. How crazy things. It's been a lot of things, you know. You know, I try to tell these cats, you know, if you want to be a rapper, you better be ready for it. You know, rap is dangerous. I mean, I've been, I remember being on the road with UGK. Now here we go again in Monroe, Louisiana, yeah, rapping. We rapping. And I turn my back to the crowd, and as I'm turning my head back this way, Bun is right here, and in between Bun and myself, a bottle, foo, 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 right past our head. And I said, what the fuck? And so then, Chad's like, what the fuck? So we, we stop it, and it was a show to where how the, how the stage was, the, the dressing room was like right here. Man, them motherfuckers pushed us all in their dressing room. The crowd, the whole crowd jumped on the stage, pushed us in the dressing room. You know why they were upset? A misunderstanding of a, something Chad said on the song. Chad said, Chad's stepdad name was Monroe. If you know anything about him, his step, the dad that the, the guy that taught him anything, uh, the stuff about music and, and all the uh, music theory and everything was Monroe. And Monroe had passed away. And he said, Monroe, I see you looking at me, fool. And they thought he was talking dissing Monroe. Well, they pushed us all in the dressing room, attacked us. So that was, yeah. At what point did y'all get the understanding of what Oh, you know happened? what? I got one wilder than that. Ooh, I got one wilder than that. I got one wilder than that. Real life street stars. Okay. This is again, H-Town. We're in H-Town. Um... This is right when UGK, Bun, you're going to love this story because I know Bun going to remember this one. All right. 
UGK had just left big time and there was some friction. I don't know what the friction was. I don't really don't give a fuck. I'm there. These, in other words, I'm a loyal dude. And if, if I'm down with you, I'm down with you. So we're on this show and this is the first show that UGK is doing in South Park, right? In that hood. So it was like, oh my God, man, it's going to be crunk. So of course, I mean, anytime they go to Houston, it's a packed show. I mean, it's gangster, 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 gang. I seen so much shit with, with, with UGK, it was ridiculous. So we're in this show, and so UGK was the primary artist on Big Time. So when they left, Point Blank became the uh, primary artist. So I don't know whether, you know, it was some mixtapes or underground songs or each I don't know what happened. Somebody dissing somebody, somebody got their feelings hurt, butt hurt or whatever, but they were hurt and upset to where I can remember when you walk in, it was a ramp to get to the stage, but this was a, a, a ghetto spot and it looked just like what y'all got right here. The ramps was two by fours, right? Un, untreated wood. And then you go around and you come out to the stage and the stage was huge. So we on stage rapping, right? And it's about a hundred motherfuckers behind us because they know it's gonna be some drama. And at that time, that motherfucker stopped the crowd, stopped the show, point blank. And he motherfucker grabs one of those two by fours and he get, yeah, 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 boom, breaks it loose and he's booming it on the ground, booming it on the stage. Pimp C! No, he calling him Chad. Chad! Come holler at me, fool! Boom! Boom! This is front of thousands of people in the, in the, in the, yeah! This going live! This going all the way live! And then, my boy, I don't know if you remember, um, Scarface used to talk about a, a, a dude, he called him his brother. His name was Warren Lee. I bought my brother Warren Lee down from New Jersey. Warren Lee jumped out the crowd. Push Chad back and me back like this and like, you know, you know, you know what it is. And so that kind of froze that off. Back then it was a um, a big time radio DJ, big old big old chubby guy. His name was Mean Green. Mean Green walked us. They had to escort us. They had us sitting in the kitchen, bro, up under the fucking sink, bro. Like you know, in an industrial sink, like because they was outside. It was it was it was. World War Three outside. I'm, it was going down. Yeah, they, yeah, we had to get escorted out the club with with rifles and yeah, it was it was like being the president. <laughs> I said like being the president. <laughs> when did jewelry become important? When did who? Jewelry become important? I would say ninety. Four, 95. Yeah. That's when people, I started seeing it. You know, first you would just see the cross or Jesus piece, you know. Next thing you know, I started seeing people wear two or three necklaces. Cash money. Cash money changed the game, bro. You know they did. That boy came out with them two Rolexes on his, on his arm. Bling, bling. You know that's yeah. when it was. Hell, what we talking about? Cash money did it. Bling, okay, bling. Bling, bling changed the game. Cause it always seemed like you can't. They don't even look at you know. They don't even look at you the same without it. But I can remember back in the days, boys wasn't even on you. You you had nah. to have a nice car. Yeah. You had to dress nice. 
But yeah. it wasn't really about no jury. Now it wasn't about jury. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was the cash money deal. Once, once the flossing and all that shit started, you had to. It, it became part of your uniform. People felt like it became part of your uniform because, you know, I, I, I still to this day hear people talk about that how they have to. It's expensive being a rapper. You have to buy this and buy that just to, and then, I mean, like wearing this, you can't wear this again. Cause I just did the interview in this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't let you see me in this walking around because I just did that interview. So now I gotta go buy another whole new fit. That type of shit. So it's everybody trying to be like somebody else. Now, I do have to ask, you know, I wanna uh, take time to uh, you know, talk about the legendary Pimp C. Yes, sir. Um, first and foremost, uh, his lyrics ever like get too much for you? Like where you like, mm-hmm. man, you No, see, oh see, we were young and dumb. Remember, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. The stuff we say now, I mean, listening to some of that stuff, yeah, yeah it's cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But, you got to like, play with our nose. Nah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, boy, that, boy that, boy, that boy was Mr. Shot Value. He was Kevin Gates before Kevin Gates was Kevin. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was talking, he was talking, you know, he was talking crazy, man. Boy, he, yeah, yeah, he was. Um, no filter, no old boy. He's the one that let us know that trash likes to fuck for forty dollars in the club. Yeah. They do. I mean, like he was really teaching us. He told you that, but then you already knew it. Yeah, you knew that, but now he told you you like that motherfucker. That was the acceptable rocks. amount in in the world after he said it. Yeah. Get it done. We we had forty dollars is all I need. I'm gonna go down the crowd, babies. Man. <laughs> now. Huh? When UTB, y'all remember UTB? UTP under under the bridge. What? Uh, cry babies. What? Cry babies. Man, lady love. You know come on, man. Shoot dice in the back and get your dick sucked and put a Come on. Come on. You know what I'm saying? UTB. I used to be the king of the hole in the wall. Man. <laughs> they, I'm sure some people in the comments be like, I remember both Bo from the hole in the wall. <laughs> the holes in the wall. Now, people Tom. Yeah, I shot PTs. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, no, for real, no, for real. I, I wasn't there that night. Do, do you think they need to bring those clothes back, the hole in the walls? They yes. He said yes. Yes. Less crime, huh? <laughs> well, not just that. It was, you know. <laughs> said, you know. Not, not for my pleasure. Yeah, but you know. Not for my pleasure, but. Keep the young. They don't have no more holes in the wall? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, say, yeah. I think they do. Yeah, they yeah. keep moving. I don't know. Usually the hole in the wall clubs was kind of like the neighborhood titty ball. Everybody knew it, everybody in there. You know, you can't come in there. If you you start a fight, you're probably gonna get beat all over, get the brakes beat off for you all the way to the to your car. Yeah. And, you know, it was you couldn't go and cry babies and start no shit. No, facts. Come on, facts, man. Facts. UTB, take, come on, man. Take no MD twenty twenty. UTB was like going inside of, you remember they had the big gate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can <laughs> go in there like that. Nah, for real, for real. Yeah. Now, What's up, K Rock? DJ K Rock? Shout out K Rock for yeah, real. DJ K Rock. Y'all know K Rock was my DJ. We were just, oh, oh for real? We yeah. were just with K Rock. He was my tour DJ. We were just with K Rock last night doing an interview. That's my guy. Literally. literally. I ain't seen K Rock in a long time. Oh, man. Yeah, we got to, we got to, we should have invited him up here. Um, now, I do got to ask you as far as Zero said a story about Pimp one time. And I just couldn't believe the story, but it sounds believable because it sounds like Pimp. But I could, you could talk to his character where Zero said he went to uh, Pimp's house. Well, you uh, say he woke him up? Yeah, no. Tucked him in. Tucked him in. He said, no, it's nap time. Time to go to sleep. Like he said, it was like, it was like eight o'clock. Now he told everybody it's nap time. It's how to, you know. <clears throat> now that, that's the only thing that threw me off right there. That's the only, I'm like, I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. The chair I knew was nocturnal. Mm. I'm talking about that motherfucker's up 
three, four in the morning. Yeah. But I seen that motherfucker disappear for two days too, just stay in his room. Mm. So, so cool. yeah, I was a different kind of person, bro. I always, people keep hearing me say that he was a different kind of person. Anybody that can lock themselves up in their room and stay gone for two days, and you don't, you're in the same. I, I used to live with him, wouldn't see him for two days. Damn. Was he, so was he introverted? Shit. Or it's like, you know, some people just get, like, they can only handle enough well, social and they, they just well, got to no, decompress. Came, come find out, uh, Chad was, um, did they say he was manic depressive? He had some type of mental disorder that he hadn't gotten. Uh, um, what's the word I want to use, baby? Diagnosed with. Diagnosed, okay. Bipolar is what he was. Oh, He uh, was bipolar. That's so Kanye I just, yeah. situation. You know, those geniuses, you can... Yeah, that boy nah. was a genius, man. That was definitely a genius. Man, crazy, crazy story. I remember one time I watched him perform at Blue. He had just got out. He was at Club Blue downtown. And there was a crowd, there was a fan in the crowd. That girl. That girl. I was he there. was like, hey, baby, quit. This bitch. <laughs> Hit it right on the head of the microphone. Fuck but, you and everything you stand did, for. How many times did he tell him to stop, though? No, about four or five times. But you don't realize that shit used to go on all the fucking time. I mean, if you on stage with UGK, yeah. they gonna grab your dick. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> <laughs> on that hen, hen the sea. Keep grabbing with some real life. Grab it, baby. We keep coming with some real life. I want to know what was like your favorite UGK, Pimp C or Bum B song. Oh, Diamonds Against the Wood. Diamonds just against that one. Yeah. Man, for real. And the, the fact that the song um, that uh, Pimp made for you. Um, What's the song? I'm thinking? One, day. Uh, one, one Day. The fact that that song was actually for you, even to this day, uh, when it comes on and you hear it, uh, even with Pimp passing, um, it will still, still grab you like that as far as. Depends on what. What setting I'm in, listening to it, and what mood I'm in. Mm. I mean, if I just hear it just in passing, no. Yeah, I mean, I've worked a lot of time and prayer, and people have helped me. You know, I still think about that situation like it was yesterday. Yeah. But it was, you know, I can't live. I can't allow myself to just, yeah, no. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> yeah, no, things like that. Yeah, you know, you don't forget. And I'm just curious as far as when. You found out the news about Pimp himself. Um, where were you at? Uh, how did the, how did the news get to you? And what was the next move after that? As far as just hearing that news, I remember exactly where I was. I was um, backing out of my house. I was with one of my homegirls. Her name was uh, Dollar Bill. I was backing out of my house, and another one of my homegirls called me. Her name was Kristen. Kristen called me and said, because she, she, she knew Chad. She knew Chad from, uh, he, was, he used to mess with one of our homegirls. And um, yeah, she called me and she said, uh, say, I just got some news that Chad, was, Chad passed away. I said, no. Nah. You know how they start the rumors and shit like that. And so, and, I'm, and I got a rear uh, garage access, so I'm backing up. I'm in the alley. And then I'm going down the alley I called mama, and all she said was, yeah, baby, he gone. And how the alley was, it, 
it went around and you either to your, your main street. I stopped right there in that alley and I broke down right there. I broke down. I can't even remember. I remember taking her home, dropping her off, coming back, all my family coming over, my daughters, my sisters, you know, everybody, my phone blowing up. It was, it was, it was a crazy two, three days. It was a crazy week. Yeah, I remember it like it was, it was, wow. Between that one and when the day my little boy died, yeah, that was, it was like, like movies, you know what I'm saying? It's shit like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. I never thought of it like that. That's, that's what it was, an out-of-body experience. It was like, I can't believe this shit is happening. Especially somebody that you just talked to. I just, we had just been texting each other about the Scarface album. And I had just done a show that night in Arlington. And we were texting each other that night and he didn't reply that Saturday night. And so that Sunday, that Monday, that Tuesday when we got that phone call. So I was like, damn. I just met a cat the other day. He said that he, uh, he was at that show. No. He was at that show, that Too Short show in California, where Chad was on stage was Too Short. I said, that's wild. He's the first person, the only person I ever heard say that. And he said he was at that show. He said Chad was on one that night. So, yeah. It was, you, you don't make the interview go off somber and shit, man. Nah, we finna move the fuck on. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, um, and that's the reason why we want legends like yourself here, because those are the stories that really, 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 really matter, because for the young generation, I know a lot of cats who be like, they don't know, they, they don't know Pimp C. I mean, they know the music, but they don't know Pimp C, and they go like, it's kind of like Jordan, you got to go YouTube, yeah. certain things, but to be through the, to, to be around on the era of his, you know, before jail... Once he got out of jail, that before jail, the was free Pimp C is the biggest free anybody movement I oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah, there, there was no free. There was no. I mean, shout out Boosie and everything, but free Pimp C. That Bum B did the fool. Man, that's the biggest movement I seen to free anybody. Yeah, yeah he did that. And and pre jail, Pimp C, I ain't gonna say it was it was better. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Yeah, yeah. All the shit you just got through rapping was was pretty much pre jail. You know so. The ball was on fire. When he, when he came out of jail, he did try to unite. Like he made that one song where he tried to knock the doors down. Yeah, knock the doors down. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, that was that. hard. He tried to unite people because he's, you know, jail sitting him down kind of rehabilitated him a little bit, a little bit. You know, he was still Chad, and he still was bipolar. And I, I think around that time was when he got diagnosed with that. So, so imagine going twenty some odd years of your life with that on you, and you're not. You're not knowing that you're dealing with that. And so the music that that man was making, the boy was cold with it, bro. The boy was cold with it at an early age. You know, I've, so. always, I've always wondered, do you think if that campaign that Bumby went on while Pimp C was in jail, if that didn't happen, that there would have been a UGK when he got out? Would it have been, not repeat that last part. Would there have been a UGK? Yes, but, but I think what Bond did really kept the name out there. It kept the name out there. It kept the name fresh. 
kept the name on everybody's mind, you know what I mean? To where when he did come out, it was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I remember the DVD that Rap A Lot put out. The, I got all of it. Oh, yeah, I looked, I, I watched that DVD a couple years ago, man. It's just refreshing, man. It was just, it was a movement. You're right. Yeah. But I don't know if it would have been the same. You know what I mean? What Bun did was tremendous and it was crazy the way he did that, man. I got to ask, was there some static a little bit between them two? Because it, it felt like like through the interviews and things like that, like they never really addressed it, but you could see that something wasn't right. With no, this just, it wasn't no static. It was just, it was just two different people. Yeah, one been to jail, one wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. They, jail they changed were, the man. No, they were two different people, period. I mean. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Like Boosie yeah. and Webby got it. Like Boosie yeah, and Webby. Exactly, but Boosie and Webby wasn't in the group. True. You true. have to realize Pimp, UGK was Pimp and Mitchell, Mitchell Queen. Mitchell Queen went off to go play football at Prayer View. He decided to put his rap career on hold and say, well, really just say, hey, I ain't going to do rap. I'm going to go play football. My mom want me to get my education. I'm going to do that. And as he was down there, two things happened. Tell me something good came out. Mm. Well, he met Bun. And then they reformed UGK. And then tell me something good came out. And they popped. Mm. And then the, the PV lost their football program. Mm. That's, that's fucked up. That's God. That's, that's God working. That's God, that's God, yeah, that is, that's, that's, that's God working. Up. Yeah, give me. That's one of them things where you know that's God. Yeah, that's God. That's God working. Right because there. it was uh, two people, and like I said, I said this on the other interview. It was for that that town to be so small. Bum B is a genius. See, Bum B was in was into uh, theater. Mm. He had a full ride. Scholarship. Oh wow! Just to go, be do yeah, theater. Yeah, actor. Yeah, highly intelligent brother. Have you ever met him? Yes. Highly intelligent brother, man. Yeah. And Chad was a little different. Like I say, more of a little bit in, in, introverted. And but while he was at home, he was sharpening the craft, learning how to do drum machines and keyboards and all that. And for them to get together. This dude was the premier producer. DMD was down there too. What's up, Dory? Yeah. DMD was down there making beats as well. But Pimp and Bum, for them to find each other and make history like that, that's just, that's God. That's God, bro. I I'm mean, he, he moved one person out the way, put another person in, and then magic happened. You see what it is. Yeah. Do you have the same beliefs that Pimp had about, you know, a lot of the up and coming rappers at the time? He was very, you know, uh, Vocal. Yeah, he was very vocal on what he felt about the upcoming rappers. He kind of called a couple things that are happening now that you see kind of is going to rap. Did you share the same thoughts that he had, like just not as vocal about it? Most of them. <laughs> so what are your thoughts as far as to see where the late 90s, early 2000 raps come, you know, as far as, you know, doing when you were, you know, doing your thing yeah. to where it is right now in 2022? Um as far as just the rap culture, not rappers, but just the culture of the the dress, what they rap about. He wouldn't have liked the dress at all. Yeah. He wouldn't have liked that at all. Um, I don't like it. I mean, but 
I mean, I'm 54, about to be 54 years old. I, I, now, if I was dressing like that, you know what I mean? But that's them. I can't judge them. I'm not here to judge them, you know what I'm saying? So he did, you know, as far as you want to go deep, deep. I mean, as far as the homosexuality thing, he never really talked about, he didn't care about gay people, dislike gay people. He just didn't like gay people that was in the closet. So if you're gay, come out and say you're gay. We can be cool. But don't be out here being gay and then come fuck this girl and then I got to go behind you and fuck her. You know what I'm saying? The way he was talking, he, it sounded like he met a lot of industry people that were in the closet, it seems. Yeah. Once he moved to Atlanta, a lot of stuff opened. A lot of things came to light. Yeah, a lot of stuff came to light for him when he moved to Atlanta. Yeah, he saw a lot of stuff that he we wasn't seeing down here in Texas. <laughs> we, we, I mean, he did. He did. I mean, he did. A lot. Of, I mean, he got involved in a lot of stuff down there in Atlanta, man. And I mean, listen, bro. Before he moved to Atlanta, <clears throat> the boy had a 1992 Honda Prelude. The little white one. We, we used to call it the ghost. Right? And the inside was it was a white car. Inside it was black. Black and gray. You know what the gray came from? Joint ashes. Because it was joint ashes. <laughs> we used to ride up and down I 45 and I 10 back and forth from Dallas to Port Arthur and Houston weekly. That car, and between that and my little Hyundai XL, we. We hit the highway in the motherfuckers, man. And um, he left and went to um, Atlanta. He wanted me to come to Atlanta, but, you know, it was too much money down there. The apartments down there was, well, the apartments. He lived in Marietta. He didn't live in Atlanta. And so I was going to transfer my job down there because I always kept a little job. I was working at Sears. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, I was working at Sears, and so... I had transferred my job down there, but when I went down there to get my apartment, God would know. I'm not gonna spend fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a month on back, but here in Dallas they were six, seven hundred dollars. So I just couldn't afford that. And when he got down there, he they started making money, money doing beats, and he wasn't really doing a lot of beats and uh, co uh, features and things like that before he moved to Atlanta. So they did that. They call that him and Bun call that rap hustling, and they um. I had, he came down here for something. Oh, he was coming down here to work on the bitch, get up off me, right? He was coming down here and he, I had to meet him at a, um, right there, you remember that, um, that gas station that was right there in front of GG's? Mm -hmm. He said, meet me right there. And the fool pulled up and eat 300. He was more excited than I was. And motherfucker got out, hey motherfucker! Threw me the keys, bam, we swapped. He drove my car to the crib. I drove the three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my boy, man. Oh, man. He was just so excited. It was a black one. He had just got that car. That was, then he traded that one in and got the one you saw in the Big Pimpin' video. So, yeah. So he moved pretty fast with money and his career. Him moving to Atlanta helped out a lot. Now, Bun, see, a lot of people don't know Bun had already moved to Atlanta. Bun moved to Atlanta and had come back. He moved to Atlanta shit, before riding dirty. Yeah. Yeah, we went. Yeah, but then he came back. He came back. Welcome, come on back to Texas. Yeah. And recharge. He came back. He stayed with me a little bit at the lamplighter. Yeah, so 
I had a little two-bedroom apartment out there. He came and stayed with me. Port Arthur, Texas, PAT. Home of Judy's. Yeah. Y'all y'all never been to Port Arthur? Huh? Gulfway? That's my, that's my, that's what's up to everybody in PA? That's my spot, man. Judy's, John Seafood. Ooh. Ooh, you talking about some good eating, baby. When did your rap career, when did you be like, when was you like, yeah, I'm through with this? The day Chad died. Oh, okay. Yeah. That day he died. Yeah, because it was like, it was so much going on in my life then, bro. I had a lot of stuff, you know. I dealt with a lot of depression. My mom was sick. Um, I had gone through, the, I was going through a divorce at that time. It wasn't final. Chad died. All, all that accumulated on me at one time. It was going to, you know, but you know, you don't know you're dealing with depression. And it was in hindsight, you realize that's what it is. So that's what it was. So it was just a tough situation. Yeah, I, could, I walked away from it completely. I might have recorded two more songs after that. So, so what is Bobo Luciano in 2022? What do you got going right now? 2022? Well, a couple things, man. I'm doing, um, you know, full circle. You know, we're starting our Hardy Dale party back. Oh, it's dope. Yeah, we're doing our Hardy Dale party. Uh, we're going to do that, but it's going to be a podcast. I like yes. it. Yes. I like it. Uh, we're going to do interviews. It's going to be myself and Miss Jazzy K in the back. Jazzy K. Jazzy K. We will have mixes from DJ Snake. We're going to be having um, commentary from uh, called Live from the Snake Pit, where he talks about industry things. Uh we do we'll we'll do interviews with like Dallas DJs and things like that. We just want to you know story. There's so many stories. There's so many just, stories around here, man. It's, one thing I noticed about y'all because I've been following y'all for a while. You know how y'all started in North Dallas. Y'all bought like you remember I said that you know me and the kid from Oak Cliff, we didn't know there was no hoods right. in North Dallas. Y'all bought that to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all show people it was some gangsters in, in yeah. North Dallas and some G's in North Dallas and stuff. Yeah, so, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, Mo Three as far as uh you know just his life and his legacy of what he did for the for the time that he was here in music? Okay, hey. I'm gonna tell you, bro. Hey. All right, Mo Three. First of all, rest in peace. First of all, um, I think he was probably. As far as what we've heard, as far as rapping in Dallas, he was probably one of the best, if not top two. And I hated to see him go because I think we've been kind of stagnant as a city since his since his demise. Um, but what I wanted to say is, I knew that was gonna happen. From and what was it then? That talking. Talking on record or talking They're off talking record? Both. Mm. You just heard me say that rap is dangerous, bro. Yeah, bro. Cause when you when you do that, if they do UGK like that, what you think they're gonna do to Mo Three? Yeah. Bro, you ain't got. I mean, it's somebody that's gonna try you in every city, every state. If, if if you talking that talk, bro, they're gonna try you, man. And I hated to see that happen. I remember where I was. When I got that phone call, I was right around the corner mm. when that happened. I mean, he died damn near in our neighborhood, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's... So do you, do you believe in, uh, like, just from what 
you've seen in rap? Because I believe more rappers have died in the last five years than I believe in all of rap. It's not. It's not gonna stop. Yeah. Do you believe? It's not gonna stop. Do you believe? Um, you know, the tongue is that powerful to speak things into existence. As far as if they stay on the energy, that, negative that, energy that the algorithm will make these things keep happening. That's a good question. I think negative energy breeds negative energy. Yes, I do. I think when you open that door to that element and you're bringing those type of people around you, I mean, bro, there's some sick people out there. And then you have to realize, well, I mean, we were smoking weed. You may have a couple people doing like normal weed, right? Or was it like y'all uh, didn't have the, the hybrid in the... I mean, no, we didn't know. <laughs> bro, chronic, chronic to us was powerful weed. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, we had regular sis and bow, you know, yeah. that type of thing. And skunk. Yeah, you know what I'm cool. saying? <clears throat> if you had some skunk, you had something powerful. Then you came with the uh, cousins and then you came with the popcorn. And, you know, popcorn, popcorn shit. Yeah, so we didn't have all the drugs that they have. The, the, the worst drug as far as rappers had back then was wet. Yeah. yeah. You know, on that formaldehyde, you on that dip. Yeah. But you didn't have a lot of people doing that. That was more of a, a Texas thing, too. You know what I mean? I heard a story about a rapper named Big Lurch. You I heard of him. He killed himself, didn't he? He got high on uh, that wet formaldehyde. Yeah, yeah, I heard of him. But I heard he ate somebody first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I remember the story. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was like, any drug that make you feel like you gotta eat somebody. Come on, man. Jesus, that drugs. Now, now that's the out of body experience right there. Right. That's but see, the pills. Once X hit the scene, it was, down, it was downhill yeah. from there. Oh, oh, I gotta ask you about. Oh, I gotta ask you about them boogie, them boogie, uh, the club blue Nairobi Palm Beach days. Yeah. Where boys used to be on them XO. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, I feel like that was another resurgence in Dallas hip hop where it was like, it was a lot of- The D-Town Boogie. The D-Town Boogie was, you know, the Flavor TV, you know, yeah. you, got a, you had a lot of stuff going on. Now, right now with music, do you think, do you think Dallas could ever get back to that where it seemed to where the clubs and the, the, the radio stations kind of had some a little bit of alignment where you would hear the shit in the radio? You, you just answered it yourself though. They got to get back in line. Wait. What y'all what y'all said about the podcasters coming together, what we were seeing coming off the elevator, if only the rappers could do the same thing that the bloggers and the podcasters are doing. Now the Boogie era had that kind of camaraderie a little bit. They did. Did, did you were you a fan of the Boogie era? And the and the, and the, and the well we too gangster for this. Well, I'm a street dude, bro. Exactly. I know. I know. I'm a street dude. I know. And in the beginning, you have to realize this is no disrespect to nobody, because me and him cool now. I mean, we, I would, we, we were never enemies or anything like that, but uh, a matter of fact, I just met him not too long ago. Um, I had my radio show then, and I was straight street, man. I'm jamming, you know, T.I., Jeezy. I'm jamming all that shit. UGK, Scarface, shit, uh, uh, Rick Ross before anybody played. I'm playing that kind of stuff. And I just couldn't get down with the dancing. And then I'm going to tell you what, 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 what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. I can't think of the name of the song. But when, when 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 my wife was on the show with us, we stole we hired a DJ. His name was DJ Yellow Boy. Y'all don't know what that is, do you? Yeah, we know Yellow Boy. What's his name now? I don't know. Yes, you do. I'm gonna tell you because this ain't the same Yellow Boy. 
So he, I had, I played a couple mixes from him right on my show. A couple years, next year, he said, I'm changing my name. I said, what your name gonna be, bro? DJ Drop. So DJ Drop was, he started on my radio show. That's crazy. So he was, that, that. that's how he started. And then he started doing beats. And he did a beat for, it might have been Lil Will. That might have been that song. What was that song? Which one? The, um, my Dougie no, or Bust It Open? I think, no, it wasn't Lil Will. Bust It Open, okay. Uh, Damn, that song before that. Stanky Leg. No. no, that was after that. Um, I'm a, well, I wish I could call him. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. He did the beat. Got it hot. Well, what was the name of the club that they're him and uh, uh, Clegg on there, man? Huh? Rhythm City. They got it hot at Rhythm City. I mean, to where everybody on their song, to where they playing it on the radio. I mean, Skip Cheatham playing it, everything. And then something happened to where the rapper's parents, once, once it got real hot and labels started coming, Drop wanted to get the paperwork straight. So you got to get that first. Right, right. You got to get that first. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? That's wow. a lesson to you youngsters. It's too hot Get now. your paperwork done straight first so we can be friends in the end. You know, and of course they, nah, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna do that. So they had somebody else try to remake that beat, kick drop right off. Damn. Wow. Damn. Yeah, Damn. and so I was kind of salty over that type of shit. A lot of dirty I was bit. salty over that. And then by that time, Lil Wheeler came out with my Dougie and, um, Bro. Yeah, because that was big, big. God damn. God damn. Call drop, somebody. Oh, <laughs> huh? Hit the dance. Nah, I want a lot of people on that one. No. Oh, it man. was a big remix song. I don't know. It was a big song, bro. It was like one of the first Deep Town Boogie songs that was out there. Ugh. And he broke it. No. A lot, 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 of, lot of bad business. Maybe you got to, drop drop phone number in there. A lot, lot, lot of bad business seems to have happened in Dallas just overall. It just seems like that but, was but the thing about it though, bad business happens everywhere. It just seems like when it happens in Dallas, we spin out of control and can't recover. That's like, true. oh goddamn, oh goddamn, That's you know true. shit. So I mean, I'm guilty of that. I mean, but see, people kick me while oh shit, I'm not the microphone, bro. People, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, and then when you do it. You know, after a certain amount of time, something else happened. Do it again. Something else happened. You do it again. That's, after Chad died, I was like, God damn. It's just too much shit just keep happening. That's why I say I was guilty of it. And, I, and outside of Cottonmouth, I'm just curious, uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts as far as on Big Chief's overall career, uh, Don Chief now, as far as where he should have been in regards to the kind of the look he was giving Dallas as far as showing a little more splash? Um Underachieved. That's my guy. I mean, yeah. that dude jamming. Yeah. That boy jamming. I wish he would have I wish he would have achieved more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, God, bro. It's two people that out of Dallas that had a movement, out of, well, excuse me, out of the Metroplex that had a movement like that. One of them got locked up. And that was Twisted Black out of Fort Worth. Yeah. Shout out Twisted Black, not nah, for real. Yeah, yeah nah. That hey, boy there. Them two. Them um, two right there, because they both was in their life. Yeah. And they both had real life stories to tell. And bro, I just don't understand. Yeah. I, do under, I do understand why 
that generation didn't make it. But the next generation that started making it, I don't understand why they couldn't. Yeah. God, it, pass it ought to be. The, pass yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. Because you asked some of these cats, do you, in other words, when, when, when everybody that, that pop right now, if you ain't got no beat or, or you or you're not seeking out DJ Snake, why not? Just for the just for the fucking history of it, yeah. just for the legendariness of it. Go right. get your beat. Let Snake mix your album. Hear, hear what that sound like. Do y'all know who Money Waters is? Money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my cousin, right? Oh damn. Yeah, Money Waters damn. is my cousin. Damn. So Money Waters, uh, uh, he's got another album that's about to drop called The Porch Two, and he came to me. He was, he asked me about Snake. This was a few months back. He said, "I'm gonna let Snake mix one of my songs." Yeah. I said, "Okay." Well, you know, Snake was the premier ear of the South for a long time. You know, so much to the fact that the first two LeJohn albums, go look at the credits. Mixed and mastered by DJ Don Snake Brown. That's crazy. Yeah, so all that stuff, the first two Get Crunk albums, all that shit was mixed and mastered by Snake, man. And that sound you heard tandem speakers up was his sound. So so back to that story, he, he let Snake do that one song. Bye bye. I think I'm gonna have to have him on the whole album. Man. He get, right, yeah. It's Man. different. It's That's different. Crazy. He got a beat from him and let him mix the song. And then he said, I'm gonna go ahead and follow it up and let him do the whole album. Not produce the whole album, but just mix the whole album. And then you have uh like a mousequake, yeah, who Pimp C. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the history of Dallas. Yeah, you gotta the younger generation gotta tap in with those that have been well, come on. That's it. I mean, we just come on, what pimp, we talk about mousequake new pimp. Yes. Where you know Pimp? Oh wait, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this, I, I, I don't know. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I was, uh, I, I think he, he mixed something. I, I don't know if he knew him. I don't know. Oh. There's some business that happened. I, okay. Yeah. Right. I don't know everybody in Chad. No. Yeah, no, no. He did some business with the music. <laughs> okay. I don't know personal relationships or nothing like that. Okay. And Bobo like, oh wait, let me, let me, he said, let me know what's going on. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> I Man, this is legendary. But I want, I want to, you know, it's crazy because there's more of the story that we want to get. And if, I mean, if it's a blessing, man, we, you got to invite us onto your your podcast, man. Yes, once I you, will. Once, you know, definitely, we got to bridge the gaps on both sides. So we would love to be a part of your situation. Um, with that being said, man, for those that do want to get at you. Follow you personally. I know you probably don't be on the ground or TikTok like that and all this other stuff. Bubba Luciano. Oh, yeah, everything. Bubba Luciano. I'm on the ground. I know you're on the ground, but I know you I don't know if you be just scrolling gram every day to see who didn't who didn't who didn't tagged into me. But if you are, for those that want to get at you, Bubba uh, Bubba Luciano. Yeah, check um, Bubba Luciano on the Instagram, Bubba Luciano on Facebook. I don't do the Twitter thing, you know. Um Yeah, we are YouTube, you know. So no. y'all go to y'all y'all subscribe to my YouTube page. Get ready for that all holiday party. We're gonna, like I said, we're revamping. Get ready to uh, re-release it. Hopefully, we're ready by no later than the summer, okay. and we're gonna roll it out real strong. Man, and I know it's probably hard to do this right here, man. But um, are there any shout-outs you want to give? Ooh, shout out! I want to shout out to my wife. Shout out to my wife, Jackie K. I want to shout out to everybody on our holiday party. Want to holler at uh. Sandman, Rogers Life Entertainment, Snake, um, shit. What's up, DJ Mike? Um, shit, my family, you know, everybody that's, what's up, Oak Cliff? What's up, Singing Hills? We love y'all. PA, Houston, Bun, everybody. We good. Y'all? Hey, 
Everybody, the city got to come together. Real life street stars, bitch. Yeah. Hold up, hold up. Huh? If you could do it all over, what would you do different? People ask me, do I miss rapping? I really wasn't no rapper. But I could rap right. a little bit. You know, I could come with some shit. And... Uh, the thing I missed the most was the radio. I wouldn't have walked away from that radio thing. Yeah. You know, at that time, I was like I said, I was going through a depression. I felt like I was helping people out. And really I, I think that was my legacy. You know what I mean? You know, shout out eighty nine point three K now because man. they don't get a lot. Of, they don't get a lot of. They don't. They don't get a lot of love. Yeah, they don't get a lot of What's love. What's up, man. Easy Eddie? D? Yeah, come yeah. on, man. Easy Eddie. Yeah. D. Come on, man. Yeah. They don't get a lot of love, man. And yeah. we we have been do. through there a few times. And we feel, I filmed one of his. Uh, they gave him like a celebration. I filmed it. Yeah, yeah, when he got that the, boy, like, I filmed that. I was How long has it been on there? Yeah. I did it for eight and a half years. He had been on there. Come on, man. Oh, man, man. And when I tell y'all stop, two thousand eight. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out K9, man. Shout man. out 89.3 Eddie. Man, come on. Yeah, man. We was at the, I got the um I got the honor to say I did the last show at the original White House. Bro, it was a party. It was a movie that night. Oh, it was a movie that night. Man, it's a blessing. And then we moved over there off of Maple. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful there, too. Ah. But the White House with the, the crooked stairs, people, yeah. th people thought you was gonna people thought you was gonna fall through the, the through the flow. Oh man, yeah, I mean just stuff like that that you don't know you making history and you live in it. It's just wild in, in hindsight. Like, man, that shit was historical. Man. Being out there and I mean the people that can I remember one time we was there, so you remember, and uh it was doing PB Gremlin, PB Gremlin game. Every one of Swiss House members came up in there. <laughs> Every last one of them. You remember they was all standing around. <laughs> yeah, so we could, we used to get stars come through there. Um, it was it was it was it was a nice set, man. And, I mean, they couldn't get no radio play. Nah, you wanted to get some radio play, you had to come see me. Got to, got to. Yeah, so yeah, Slim Thug was in there, and who's this tall motherfucker? Yeah, shout yeah. out Boss What's up, Slim? It's my nigga, man. Yeah, what, shout out Boss Yeah, shout out yeah. Flip Leprechaun. Yeah. yeah, man. So y'all, so uh, it, this right here is a blessing, man. This right here is, a, you know, again, these are the stories, like you said, like you start off. This is the history that we need to put us on a lot of game. Put us on a lot of game, bridge game. I know there's there's names that you said that even I don't know to where that I got to research. Oh yeah, and I will. But there's those fans that be like, oh man, we needed this right here because oh, yeah. Dallas up, again. Um, this is Dallas history right here. Y'all look up. Uh, well, you can't look up something fresh for sure. Nemesis. If you don't know who Nemesis we is, had, we had Nemesis on here. So yeah, who did no. you have from Nemesis? We had uh, Rakeem Aljabar and uh, I think Snake, right? Yeah, we had Snake. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, okay. They, they, yeah, yeah. And his son, Al son, you know, which is Rakeem. Yeah, Rakeem. Yeah, that motherfucker, they're dope. Oh, bad, man. bad motherfucker, boy. He just What's dropped an album, by the, yeah, mm. by the way. He just dropped the album. Have y'all heard his little sister rap? No, have not. Damn, Mouse, Mousequake say that's the dopest girl in Dallas. Oh shit, I gotta go holler at Mousequake. <laughs> Mousequake say that's the dopest girl in we Dallas. Gotta go at oh, she dope. Yeah. Imagine him yeah. and a female. That's crazy. Oh, she dope. That's crazy. Oh, she very dope. I'm curious from you, what um pioneer legend that you would say from the uh from back in the day should that we need to get their story? From Dallas? Yes. Oh. Right. <laughs> call, call him and bring him. Yeah. 
Bobo, we got him. I'm here. Boom. I come back too. Um, I don't know. Y'all did the cotton mouth. Have y'all did the uh, y'all did the uh, 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 blowfly story? Real to real. So yeah, we haven't did the story. We have blowfly on, and uh, I forgot who we were talking to. We were talking to somebody else uh, that was on. He was on winning. He was quiet until the very end of the interview. We had ran out of time. He's like, yeah, man, you know, blowfly. We got like, We didn't get his story, so. Bro, I feel bad about that because it's like, something. oh shit. When I, when I first moved back to Dallas, Snake, I mean, I'm thinking y'all still on Forest. <laughs> Snake had a studio on Forest. It was called the Snake Pit, and uh, that's what that's where they recorded that. Um, Kai Mouth did to satisfy with PMC. Yeah, so satisfied. And um, when I got back, you know, they had. They were involved with PKO. I don't know if y'all know who that is out of San Antonio. PKO, Pound Keys and OZs. They were, oh my God, y'all need to research that too. Yeah. Man, them boys, Pony J and Magic Mike. Oh man, historical. Historical. Anyway, Kyle Mouth became a, a member of that group. And they had a, I can't remember what they were calling themselves. But when I first got there, Little Fly was there. Mm. He was a little youngster. And every day they would like challenge them to go home and write something and come back the next day with it. He was the only one that would be coming back and just be all ready every fucking day and would go in there and hit that booth and make it sound like, damn, who was this kid? That motherfucker's bad, bro. He in my top two in Dallas. Okay. It's him, Uptight, and and C Pong. Mm. In my three. Yeah. In my three in Dallas. That's real. Man, that's real. I would like you said, man. We got We got to get you back in here. We got to tell more of these stories, man. We're gonna have you on our podcast uh, one of these yeah. days here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, I mean, we use this word. I don't want to say we use it loosely, but <laughs> we do. But we really want to say this. But, <laughs> but in your case, it definitely applies. What good word? You are a real life street star, man. Bobo Luciano on the couch. Blessings. <laughs> We salute you. Give this man a shirt. We salute you. We salute you. Give me a shirt, man. Hey, man. Shout out to Real Street Stars, nigga. Moolah.